Welcome, everybody, to the Mando Fan Show. I'm John. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night. That's it. We're putting a bow on season three because the Mandalorian season three is come and gone. But we're here one more time to have a more casual hangout talking and looking back on season three of the Mandalorian and our overall thoughts now that we've seen the whole thing because we've gone each step of the way. But now that we've seen the whole thing, maybe things feel and are taken in a bit differently. So we're here to do all that. And with me, as always, is James and Lacey. Uh, but it is time Ooh. to hang up the helmet until next time. Uh, which, what do you guys think? 2025 then? Let's like pairing with Celebration again. Season mm-hmm. four of Mando, um, which we know is already written. John Favreau took care of that. So we're good there. So maybe they get filming this fall or something. But thank you to everybody who are joining us live in the chat appreciate that very very much we hope you've had fun with us along this ride on the mando fan show this year it's been a great time uh james lacy uh just looking back on our show itself how'd you feel about uh this year and our guests and and uh i'm sure you guys had as much fun as i did anyway yeah lacy take take their way well, I always love doing these live shows because we get to engage with you guys in the chat. And even people that don't get to watch it live, they come back and leave comments or let us know on Twitter, or social media, Instagram that you guys are watching. And it means so much to us because uh, sometimes you just feel like you're speaking into a void <laughs> and you don't know who's <laughs> yeah. listening. So when you have these moments where we get to engage with you guys and, and talk about these things and you guys pick up on stuff that we might not catch at first or it reminds us to talk about certain things because – there's so many things that happen in these episodes, especially only being 40 minutes. It's like some of them are so packed that mm-hmm. you can go a full hour talking about one segment of the episode without ever mentioning this other thing. Right. Um, yeah. And plus, I think this season we had some really, really awesome guests. Um, Definitely. A lot of people that I've been like dying to chat with. Um, so that was a big kind of moment for me is just like, you know, having uh jedi manda on and kevin from toying around on and uh children of the watch who we're big fans of like all these people that we get to have come chat mando with us is always just such a wonderful time and just reminds us that like we all love star wars it's a good time yeah 100 yeah. yeah, and i mean like the mandalorian is like kind of peak star wars you know what i mean unless there's like a movie out or something like this is that time that we get to uh, really get excited and have new people coming in and saying like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this show existed and and be become part of a, a new community or, or become a little bit more aware of how um, how Star Wars is handled sometimes online. Like as far as like <clears throat> they think about it on a daily basis or they're talking with their local friends or whatever, but they, they don't, aren't always aware that there are like shows or podcasts or whatever that are constantly talking about this stuff. So they all of a sudden have that inkling of like, I wonder if there's a, a Star Wars podcast. Do you think one exists? And then there's like opening up the <laughs> whole world of like how much you have no idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's an exciting time for a lot of new. Not I don't want to say new Star Wars fans, but new to like what we do and and our little bubble of Star Wars world. So yeah. the Mando fan show is uh, is wonderful for that reason. Yeah, I agree. And you know, to add on to the comments about the live chat. Like sometimes we'll be in the pocket in a conversation and someone will hit us with a thought about it and it'll redirect the conversation. Like, Oh, I didn't even think about that, that this could have happened to, you know, and it just adds to the conversation, which makes that live element cool. So I agree with both of you there. And yeah, the, the guests, uh, you know, who else we had, you know, star Wars explained on, well, Alex joined us, 
Uh, we had Mark Newbold who subbed in for us last minute, right before celebration, which was amazing. Uh, just uh, a great time this season, and uh, I look forward to Peter and Kitra again. Yeah, ordinary adventures. I mean, we've had yeah, a big time par- like park vloggers. We've had so many different walks of life and people connected to the Star Wars fan space. And just when you get to have that conversation with people uh, and just uh, just like a live chat, it's just amazing. So it's been a lot of fun. And we are going to, you know, TRB Live is going to keep going um, starting next Thursday. So the live element will still be here. And of course, May the 4th. After. <laughs> on May the 4th will be our return to TRB Live Thursdays. Um, but don't forget, you know, when Ahsoka comes around, we're going to be doing live shows for that, too. Uh, it's just not going to be the Mando fan show. That's all. But. Um, we have a great show here today. We don't really have any sort of directive or anything. There are a couple things we're going to talk about in terms of what cast members and crew members have said about this season, which has been interesting. Obviously, the Tamara Morrison stuff, you know, Elephant in the Room, what everybody's been sort of talking about, about his comments recently at a convention in Australia. And then uh, Katie Sackhoff, very candid on Christian Harloff's show, talking about stuff that was supposed to happen in season two and how that impacted season three and uh, a lot of craziness. But And then just really just, having a conversation about the season like we talked about. So I guess to kick things off, um, James and Lace, did this season, when you look back to, you know, we had our bold guest episodes, which is supposed to be fun, but also just speculating for real on this season and your expectations heading into the season, did season three match your expectations and did it go the way you thought it would go? James, why don't you start us off? Um, I, I mean, I kind of remember thinking that this season to me was going to be the one where all the Mandalorians reunite mm-hmm. and kind of come together and you get that like shot of like, you know, someone with the dark saber and then like over the hill, like they all come up and like, <clears throat> obviously it didn't happen exactly like that. But I, I think like the scope of this was the season where all the Mandalorians unite definitely did happen. Um, and it was in different ways, but very exciting ways. Um, especially, you know, chapter 23 and 24 specifically, um, being really yeah. big on that front. Um, so, I mean, I, I think in general, like I, I'm pretty happy with this season, especially, you know, it's going to be that like you're, you're looking back at like the five seasons or whatever it is that Mandalorian. It's like, I don't think season three was is going to be one that people are like, well, that was a complete trash season or anything. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah. think a lot of really cool stuff happened. Yeah. And like you said, a very big, heavy duty, like two headed monster ending. Uh, to really add weight to the season. Lacey, how about you? I thought this season was going to be way more depressing. Like, I think we all went into it thinking it was going to be like super dark and it ended on such a positive note that was like, even thinking back to my live watch with you guys on Patreon, I was just in shock. Like, you can see at the end that I'm like, so everyone's cool? Like, everyone's just like, all right, no one's dead. They they win. They yeah, won. They, <laughs> like, just yeah. like hanging out at their house, playing with frogs. Like, all right, I'm it. And it was like completely not what I expected <laughs> because going in, we kept getting these interviews from people being like, it's going to be darker. It's going to have a darker tone. It's going to be a little grittier, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, God, someone, everyone's dying. Because that's like my immediate thought with Star Wars is they're like, oh, you <laughs> like this character? We're going to kill them. Um, But I'm going to be honest despite it having wonderful moments with like the Ancelans and like so many cool creatures and really beautiful, happy moments. I don't think for me it overpowered season two. 
I still mm. think season two is my favorite season. I think so far, obviously there's season four. Mm-hmm. So far, season two just had so many killer moments and so many like interesting adventures that, you know, from the crate dragon to like Ahsoka showing up to like all this stuff. And then Luke Skywalker shows up at the end. Like, I'm sorry, you're going to tell seven year old Lacey that like that's not the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> like, yeah, there it's hard for that to be topped. And I think they knew that going into the season. Like, how do you top Luke Skywalker? Um, but I think it's also was an important season because it allowed, especially the Mandalorian, to have a lot of character development. Like he grew a lot from like the person you meet in s- season one, episode one to now is a completely different person. Um, and I'm interested to see where this journey takes him next, um, especially because Carson Tava's involved. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I. Yeah, I thought this season definitely had some heavy, dark moments, but it mm-hmm. wasn't anything that felt like, you know, the dark parts of Game of Thrones or something like that. And it was, mm-hmm. right. you know, I, like Paz Vizsla's death was like just brutal. And just because of how slow it, it was, was uh, tough to watch. And then, you know, Dr. Pershing getting turned into, you know, what he got, whatever happened to him. And that's kind of dark. Um, but we were also coming off of Andor, which was very dark. So this, no matter how dark this I got. I think that's why I was so shocked. I was like, yeah. wait, they're happy. Yeah. And and you're right. You know, when you brought up season two, I'm like, well, let me, what happened in season two? And then I'm thinking like all the stuff you just listed. And then also like that Bill Burr episode where Pedro oh had his helmet gosh. off. And Bill like, Burr had like one of the best monologues in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. The very serious mm-hmm. sort of Tarantino type of one shot conversation even though he very... didn't want to be in star wars that's what makes me laugh the hardest I know. is john favreau's like you want to be in star wars and he's like not really he's like come on <laughs> and he's just like okay fine. he's like known for making fun of it so he was a little bit like it's probably going to come back at me like all the clips that i've said <laughs> so, of making fun right. of star wars people he, well i'm mean, sure the pay is good um but and then you know speaking of those types of cameos like this season i I still, I have to, I'll never, I'm there's never, never going to be one of those things where I like, we have to talk about it because there, we got out of this guys. We got out of talking about the Lizzo episode because we were yeah, traveling I, in celebration. And I know a lot of I people been asking us, yeah. we, thought, we, we happily skipped that episode. Well, and they skipped it too. So if you like, if you notice, like, so I'll just say the chapter 22, I didn't like very much at all. And I can't see myself ever revisiting it. And it felt like in, in looking back now in the season, someone will have to, you know, try to convince me of this. I don't see how that episode had any impact on anything moving forward. So I have this wacky conspiracy theory about this now because of the stuff Tamara Morrison just said, saying like he got a call for the Mandalorian. He was supposed to be in it. Was that episode supposed to be with Boba Fett and they did a complete rewrite last minute. And that's how they put like, it it felt like a very off the path, even so much so that when they did the previews for the next episode, it didn't refer to this episode at all. It skipped it completely. So I just, I don't, it's just My a weird is, moment in this whole like yes. story. The question I have, which I would love to ask like Dave Filoni or John Favreau is, if you're going to bring all the Mandalorians together and you're going to have Book of Boba Fett where he's like, hey, I got a guy that can help or Fennec Shan's like, I got a guy and they need help. Wouldn't they then call him back and be like, hey, remember that time we helped you out? 
Like we need your help again. And you're not going to have who is pretty much before the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian. Right. (laughs) Be in this epic battle of they're taking back Mandalore. And he goes to Tatooine in the second episode. He's right there. That's what I don't understand. To me, that that just doesn't make sense. Like you can't build up all this stuff between them and Boba Fett in Book of Boba Fett being like, <laughs> I can't stay here. It's all you, Cobb Vanth. And then be like, MIA. It yeah. just felt weird to me. It was very weird. And I love Tim yeah. Morrison and I hope he gets as much mm-hmm. screen time and whatever that he wants. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. really sure what his when it comes to his comments about uh you know because we saw him we saw that video of him like practicing lines or whatever so obviously at some point they sent him something and we're like yeah we're gonna get you involved in some other stuff whether that was season two of book of boba fett or it was just appearances in this this season or whatever but i don't know exactly what happened or where along the lines they decided to change things and go and just not bring him back at all i don't think he's gone forever i just no 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 yeah, yeah, I can't imagine a scenario where they just don't ever refer to Boba Fett again. So I think he just didn't no, make that yeah. this season. It Which is weird, though, because if he's saying that he was originally supposed to come back and they had basically hinted at him because in the beginning, before the Mandalorian came out, they had that poster with all the helmets. It wasn't Boba Fett's helmet on it. I believe so. Wasn't that whole poster? It was like Bogotan's yeah. helmet, so-and-so's helmet, Boba Fett's helmet. Mandalorian's so, helmet. Well, also his quote is important because he said, he literally says, I was supposed to be in the Mandalorian season three, but nobody rang me. I was waiting for the phone call. Poor guy. So that means he had, he saw the scripts and he was told you're in this episode, but they didn't call him to, to fly in and, and that they must've just cut it. So that's where I'm saying. Like if you had to pick one in this block of episodes, which one would you be like, yeah, that one probably doesn't fit as much. It, it just makes me think like you have Lizzo who got on the show because she wore Yoda ears or Grogu ears or something. And it's like that bothered me a little. And I get people like Lizzo and she's a great fan. I don't think that should be the the, the qualifications for you to take an actor's job. And just, like if you want to be an extra and play an alien, that's fine. But she had a pretty sizable role that probably could have went to someone who's a good actor. I don't know how much we want to get like you know, let's do this person a favor because they like Star Wars versus let's put an actor in mm. here. That's mm. just my personal opinion. I'm nothing against her. It just was a little weird to me. And then add Jack Black to it and Christopher Lloyd. And it's like, wow. My whole thing is so, it just took me out because we've had <laughs> conversations like this before about Star Wars and how they get unknown actors because they become that character. And like, mm-hmm. as soon as you see someone like even Jude Law, I love Jude Law, but seeing him in Skeleton Crew, I'm like, that's Jude Law. Right. Like just when you have these franchise films, whether it be Marvel, Hunger Games, anything, there were moments in those films that like I'd see certain actors and I'd be like, oh, that's so-and-so. Like even yeah. Ant-Man, I'm like, that's Paul Rudd. <laughs> like he's playing Ant-Man, but it's playing Paul Rudd. I think, I Ryan think Reynolds is Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Hold, hold on, that, I'm not finished. My... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not finished. Um, so then basically when I saw the episode and Lizzo came on screen, I am a gigantic Lizzo fan. I listened to her literally every day and immediately I was like, is that Lizzo? And John knows because he was sitting next to me in the airport when I was watching it. And I turned Mm -hmm. to him and I said, is that Lizzo? And I looked back and I looked back. I said, is that Jack Black? It was just like, it was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. It took me out of it. Go ahead, James. I, that, 
um, <clears throat> when we were coming to celebration, John was like, what did you think of the episode? And I was like, I thought it was fine. You know, it was whatever. And he, I think he said, I knew you'd like it or whatever. And I was like, I didn't necessarily like it or love it. I didn't think it was like a great episode coming out of the season. <laughs> But what I would say is, and as is people ask me that same question, because obviously there were, it seems like the major response behind that particular episode was that people were taken out of it, is I was always like, I, I know that the people who were putting on this show weren't trying to hide Jack Black. Like it wasn't. I don't think they were trying like, to hide anyone. Exactly. No. Like it wasn't a. It wasn't a moment where they thought, well, he could slip into character and it will be really cool. I think they knew from the point. Like the point of putting him in was that it was going to be like, oh, look at that. That's Jack Black. And like, the point was to be like kind of excited. It like if you like Jack Black, now you, he's mixing with Star Wars, and so from the perspective of it took me out of the show. I was like, that was sort of the producer's point is they were trying to take you out of the show. They wanted you to have that moment where you were like, I love Jack black. I love Lizzo. And this is really cool. Yeah, I, this I is a moment where that. I get to see my favorite people in my favorite property, you know, or something like that. So I was yeah. like, you know, it, it didn't, it was a weird choice. It was definitely yeah. a weird choice. I also wonder, I also wonder. And I don't how know if the, Favreau made that choice to be honest. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't think. He I wonder did. how the episode would have been received had it not had so many cameos either. Like if it only had one, like Christopher Lloyd or whatever. I would have had a completely different reaction to that episode. I know yeah. I would have. Well, anyway, we had, a lot of people. <clears throat> there were six other, uh, seven other episodes too, mm -hmm. and uh, I think we liked almost all of them. So I mean, that was... even that one had its moments that were cool. It's just out of all of them, I think that's the one that sticks out to yeah. me. That just felt weird. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's the episode where she gets the Darksaber. So, yeah, right. You know, right. That's all you need to think about. Um, but uh, the season overall, though, um, it seems at least for fans, the least well-received overall. But I think it will age well because of what it is going to be involved with in terms of tying into other things going forward i think it's setting a lot of building blocks that we aren't seeing yet uh in terms of what they're going to do with the mandalorians going forward and that sort of thing and how all these people have now jockeyed and found their own position here and, and some people are out some people are dead some people are new some people are back in so i think this season um did a lot of in my opinion had more of a story than the previous seasons in terms of the story of the week thing. Mm -hmm. I just think people were expecting something different. I was too. I thought it was going to be like Bo-Katan versus Mando, like uh, the Captain America and Iron Man Civil War thing. I was wrong there. Um, but I enjoyed it. And I really do think that it's going to age better than people are taking it now. Fair. Just a positive thought on that. Um, now, what do you guys think of the, the some of the stuff Katie Sackhoff said? Because one of the things that was a takeaway from that interview she did on Kristen Harloff's show was that, and when she debuted with um, Axe Woves and Casca Reeves, Axe, was, it was, they shot the scene where he died in season two, but they cut it from the episode, which means he's not dead. And then he obviously comes back this season. Poe Dameron did. Yeah, and he was missing the rest of season two. Remember, we were like, where, what happened to that guy? You yeah. know? That's why people probably started speculating that he became evil or something, but it mm -hmm. just turned out 
he died. They finished the rest of the shoot. And then they're like, we're cutting that scene. He's alive for season three. Maybe that was Favreau writing season three. And like, we got to cut that scene. We got to get that guy back in. But that's a big change because he had a way bigger, like impact, way more impactful role than I ever would have imagined. Uh, He was a standout, I would say, this season. He definitely had like, he had a hold home moment. Where he's like, everybody get off the ship. I'm taking the ship. Dude had an arc. He was a cameo, sort of like you're my right hand soldier. Not too many lines in season two. To boom, this guy's having a big impact on this story. So mm-hmm. I thought that I was mean, in, really cool. In that episode, is that you know what I mean? She shows up. It all all belongs to Axe now, you know, and it has the whole thing where he stands up and he's like, "This is all me." Like, I don't know where yeah. you've been. I've been working on this and I've got Star Destroyers with Mandalorian mm-hmm. paint. Mm-hmm. I was that, that when we were at the premiere, I was joking around about like. I need 10,000 gallons of red. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> in there. Right, true. In We're going to be ready in a month. <laughs> yeah. I would say he on the good guy side, so to speak, and Katie O'Brien on the bad guy side, villain side, were two standouts because they both had previous pre, uh, like minor roles in previous seasons and both were pretty elevated uh this season um and you know that's not the last we're gonna see of katie o'brien's character um so i wonder if she's gonna like show face in like these other shows as well because i think a lot of these mandalorians are certainly gonna pop up but so what do you guys think overall though like was there disappointment that we didn't see pedro pascal at all because i certainly felt it a bit i felt like we always sort of need it to allow our trick our brain that he was always in the suit in a weird way um even though we know he isn't but I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? You cool with that? First season to not show Pedro? It bothered me. I thought that it we should see him at too. least at some point. Because yeah. if anything, to prove all those people on the internet wrong that were like, he hates the Mandalorian. <laughs> He's getting <Damn>. fired. <laughs> like, how many times have you heard that? I would just love for him to show up. Um, but at the same time, like, I also appreciate that this season they seem to give more credit to uh brendan wayne uh yeah. and latif i don't know his last name blank hands last name crowder? crowder crowder yep uh their work in the role because i feel like mm-hmm. in previous seasons they kind of hit it a little bit not that they didn't deserve it just they were trying to make pedro be the star which i understand yep. um but this season they definitely gave them more of a credit uh which i appreciate but yeah i mean Especially coming out of The Last of Us where you saw his face every single week and people were putting up all these gifts and all these things about like, oh, Pedro's the best. And he was everywhere leading into The Mandalorian. Like he did every interview, every video, everything. Mm-hmm. To then not see him once in the season <laughs> was a little bit of a letdown. Like I would have loved that end part where they're at the house to him have his helmet off in front of Grogu. Like that would have made the episode and season for me. That would have been great. With his feet up. Like just having his helmet off. Yeah. And even if they didn't show his face, but like maybe over his back looking at Grogu, like that would have been cool too. I thought that's where they were going when he like adopted him as his official child. I was like, okay, so then maybe there's this rule that like within the family, you're allowed to have your helmets off or something along those lines. Um, But it it didn't end up happening. I'll, I'll say it didn't really bother me. I still kind of think that's the point of this character is that he has the helmet on and mm-hmm. it's sort of that mm-hmm. like um, master chief thing to me. Like it, I, I get the voice and it's cool when he does take his helmet off, but 
I don't want to be waiting for it every season. And I think this was a good like thing for us is saying like, well, he didn't at all third season. So you never know when it could happen. You know, it is only going to happen that morning when you're watching the episode and you're like, Oh, it's happening, you know, kind of thing. And I, I think that's good because otherwise you're just like, when's it going to happen this season? Cause it happens once a season at least, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And I think, I think it's important because the, a lot of people, you know, Pedro Pascal is like white hot right now in terms of popularity and notoriety. And um, he's, he's almost like, like Elvis. I feel like the way people act around him, but it's, um, these like people will post stuff online about like the Mandalorian, like posing against the wall and stuff. And they'll be like Pedro Pascal, just being our daddy and stuff. It's like, no, that's probably Brennan Wayne yeah. being your daddy. And it just, I, I just want to, I think, you know, I always like making sure I talk about the people who are behind the curtain, you know, don't, oh, don't get the credit and stuff because, you know, David Prowse uh, for a long time has signed a lot of Darth Vader stuff and he's Darth Vader in the costume. That's what these two dudes are. You know, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder are the Mandalorian and uh, Pedro Pascal is pretty much the James Earl Jones. And I think they need to, I, they deserve uh, just as much credit as David Prowse got over the years. So I, I think that's, you know, a legit point to, to bring up. Like those guys do a lot of the heavy lifting and Pedro Pascal's, you know, not shy to admit that like these guys, you know, help me bring it together. And Katie Sackhoff, going back to that interview we were talking about before she'd said like, yeah, it's three dudes who bring that, you know, character to life. And you think about Hayden Christensen, and the team of five who brought Vader to life for Obi-Wan, like a lot goes into this stuff. So, you know, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder obviously had to do a bit more uh, than ever in this season, especially with how physical the season was, too. So cheers to those two for sure. Come on the podcast. Come hang out. Absolutely. Um, so I saw someone in the comment. I think it was Frank Grande brought up about the Mythosaur. The Mythosaur. I mean, we saw, it, we saw it like the they didn't end. really do anything with it. That's yeah, what we said. They brought it back at the end to prove that that wasn't a vision. It was real. It was down there. So I think that's sort of saying, like, remember this because it's coming back. So I think we it wasn't there just for this. Season. And it was specifically was Grogu is the one that Grogu. sensed it because yeah. he looked down into the water and then that did like a nice transition into the water. Mm-hmm. going to get so, Grogu riding on the back of a mythosaur bursting through the surface of the water. I, th- I think we sort of underestimated their ability to play the long game. Like we saw yeah, that at the beginning yeah. of the season. We were like, yeah. oh, well, then it'll be back by the end of the season. And it's like, nah, man, season five <laughs> or like the other show 10 years from now that we'll do, yeah. you know, like all their shows in the movie wrap up everything by the end of Rebels. And it's like the nah, movie man, it, it, by another show. We're going to get that mythosaur on the big screen. Get that oh, mythosaur in IMAX. <laughs> big, big Hollywood budget mythosaur. Not uh manhattan beach volume mythosaur you know <laughs> um, i mean i don't think that was manhattan beach i think it was a separate visual effect i don't think they had that on the volume oh i don't know yeah who knows, <laughs> who knows what they do that that, that magic that manhattan beach uh visual effects studio That's it was an actual corner, creature yeah. in the water they went into the ocean and they just yeah. put dots on it that's why i'm scared of the ocean is what's in the ocean okay. Giant squids alone. Like I saw a video of one the other day is terrifying. They're like in Tokyo Bay. I was like, we're going to Tokyo, aren't we? Oh yeah, we are. Someone's right. like, I remember someone <laughs> saying this has nothing to do with the Mandalorian, but that's what's great about the, this recap episode. Someone brought up the other day about like 
oh, uh, what you know, because Tom DeLong from Blink-182 is obsessed with UFOs and aliens. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure giant squids might be aliens and they weren't originally here and they just like the, the ocean terrifies me beyond all belief. There's things that just very, very deep. It's very scary. Yeah. Dark, deep water. No, no thanks. So I would not be taking my helmet off if I was a Mandalorian because I don't want to go into those waters. No, thank you. No, thank you. So um, speaking of taking out, taking people out of the show, I mm. saw a lot of complaints and by a lot of complaints, maybe, maybe like five people, but I want to know what you guys think. People were complaining about Dave Filoni's hat at the end of the episode. Uh, to me, it didn't bother me at all because literally Cad Bane was wearing like the exact same hat. I tweeted that. But, yeah. but does it bother you guys that Dave Filoni was in the episode? Because some people were saying it that was a cameo that took them out. Not Lizzo, not Jack Black. There's no way that's true then. That, I'm, that's people looking for things to complain about. If like a blurry guy in the background who might be Dave Filoni took you out of a scene i then... took that more as an easter egg like if you're a diehard star wars fan you know who dave filoni is well, why would not yeah. many people outside of the star wars bubble know who dave filoni is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and but jack black didn't do anything like there's no way people, that's peaches, just people saying peaches, things peaches. to say things <laughs> oh geez that song is everywhere <laughs> my, it is. we went and saw it and we went and you saw like that it? movie and uh yeah it was pretty good but my i heard it was good it, we, i i just was absolutely loving my son just watching. Aww. I mean, it was like him watching. He, like, he watches yeah. the video game I mean, stuff he's online. Like sitting right? there just like all yeah. of it's happening. All of it's coming together. <laughs> like that song's from Super Mario Odyssey. And this song is from, Aww. you know, this thing. And like, oh, that's a reference to this. And he knows. And there's clear pipes. And that's good. You know, he's like, he knows all this stuff about Mario. So him watching it was like just Easter egg heaven. And he knew he was like recognizing things that. I wasn't going to recognize, you know, it's, it was so cool to see him, but, um, but yeah, Jack, Jack black in the Mandalorian, uh, coming, coming off of all this, all the other publicity for super Mario brothers and stuff is yeah. kind of a funny timing on that act. And you know, it's funny too. I was thinking like Mandalorian season two, as far as like cultural moments, like within star Wars, like Ahsoka and probably Boba Fett were pretty big but i think like the only big huge cultural moment would be the luke thing at the end mm -hmm. uh and everybody talking about it that day the closest i think that's I something think that transcended what the right. luke thing because i've seen so many tiktoks of like people showing their parents the luke moment like i showed right. my parents the luke moment and they know nothing about the mandalorian except grogu that is the only thing they know about the mandalorian is grogu yeah and the closest yeah. I would think to in season three was like the Ahmed best thing where it was like, you might have a fan showing somebody and being like, check this out. He is so cool. He got his redemption. Remember him? He's the one who played the Jar Jar character. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. but, but like, that's, that's probably it as far as like, like, I just don't think anything's ever going to touch that Luke moment. And it's always going to hold season two higher than anything they ever produced. And it's sort of like that expectations thing like mm -hmm. the expectations after the after season two are so high that it doesn't matter how good or bad season three is it's just never going to be season two because there are of how two it yeah there are two moments in the mandalorian that i will never forget and it's when you first see grogu at the beginning how i right. reacted to that and straight up crying when luke skywalker came on screen like from the moment his ship flew in i was like is that 
and then you see his belt buckle and you're like is that and then you see his hand and you're like oh my god and then you just lose yeah. it yeah there's and you're nothing right. that's a cultural moment from season one that the first episode showing baby yoda it's yeah. like that moment and then season two's top would be luke season three's top i would say i'm the best probably it's probably yeah. the the closest pop culture it's just yeah. I just, just mean like yeah, just like big and like has. people were online yeah. and people were talking and excited. Like I don't think anything in this season happened that was just like, oh my god, did you see the Mandalorian this week? Even the final episodes, which I think were probably like the biggest story thing that's ever happened in the show. Like as far as like how many mm-hmm. people were involved in the the taking back of the planet and and fighting. Uh, moff gideon at the level that he is yeah at. Uh, know, but i don't think like all, those are the biggest episodes as far as the story goes i think but mm-hmm. yet it wasn't like the world was watching those and being like you have to watch episodes 23 and 24 the closest i would think is like yo you remember the prequels check out this week's <laughs> mandalorian the i, I don't think that's like a big redemption I think that's a distant third if that's the one for season three compared to. But that's that's my point is I'm saying that's the biggest. I think unless you can think of another big cultural moment from season three. Well, I think I don't think there were any, honestly. I think think people talked about it for the day or two that it happened. And then mm -hmm. that was it. Go ahead, John. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I think for. I think live action Zeb is the same level for Star Ooh. Wars fans as seeing Ahmed best. Cause I think if you oh, showed sure. that scene to people and the doors open, they're like, I don't know who that is. Be like, Oh dad, that's the guy who played Jar Jar Binks. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I think dad, that's who plays Jar Jar Binks is a bigger connection point than yeah, Hey, that, that's, that's Zeb. where I'm coming from. Like, yeah. So- yeah. I'm just, I think I'm literally talking about it for my dad. So that'd be like, all right, I don't care. Yeah, I think, well, I think, I think my dad would be even worse. Like he said people Zeb, seeing like, it. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Like they see Baby Yoda, they have an instant reaction. They see Luke, they have an instant reaction. They see the other guy, and they go, "I don't know who that is." And somebody has to go, "You don't know who that is?" Oh, here, let me explain. And they go, "Oh." But, that's, to that that's point, the... though, I, I'm glad that this season, this season, didn't feel needed to do that. I'm glad that, and I said this on last week's Mando fan show. I'm glad that the series or the season finale didn't have to have one of those and then leia showed up and she helped them and realized that she may have right, the force or something right. like it, it it just stood on its own mm-hmm. it was the mandalorian all all the action figures and all players from the mandalorian are, are serving this story here and it was still an awesome finale whereas in the others you had the dark saber reveal at the end of season one. Oh the dark saber he's out bunching on the typhoon that's where the dark saber is and then luke skywalker in season two this one was just like no we're here now the mandalorian people are here to see the mandalorian not to see who shows up in the mandalorian and i think that is a testament to the strength of this show even though people maybe feel like this was the best season i think it now has its own solid footing where now it's at the point where this show is becoming a launching pad for other shows and it sort of happened like right before our eyes before it was this you know one character starting this new thing we're going to try it out in disney plus it becomes a hit and now look at it, what it is doing for star wars it's not the lifeboat because we are getting into those new movies now but it's definitely the flag bearer uh i know people love andor and stuff like that but mandalorian is like the super bowl right now for disney plus star wars shows in my opinion mm-hmm. i do have to argue the other side of that though which is 
because it didn't have a moment like that, I don't think it connected to audiences outside the diehard Star Wars fans. I don't think there was that connection that if you're a couple know. episodes in and a moment hasn't happened, that someone's going, oh, I need to go watch that. Like someone that isn't a big Star Wars fan. Whereas Luke and Grogu in general, people were like, like there are so many Star Wars fans now that started with The Mandalorian. That started yeah. because they were like, oh my God, what is this? What is this Baby Yoda? I need to go watch it. Oh my God, Luke is back. I need to go see how that happened. I don't think by having no moments like that this season, there was nothing to attract someone that maybe isn't the biggest Star Wars fan. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just, I think yeah. that's what happened. I totally agree with that, but I'm also sitting thinking like, how do you, how do you fix that? Or is that like just a problem that is, well, it's a lose lose situation. We already did the biggest <laughs> thing we could do. And now if we try to top that, it's just going to be us trying to top that. So let's not yeah. try to top yeah. that and let's just do a good show. And then yeah. sort of like at the end of the day, people will go like, Oh man, I wish it would have been able to top that. And it's like, there's nothing we could do. We already did. We already did the number one thing you can do. I, I like I don't even know at the time that was such a big thing like what what could you possibly do that would be bigger than that I I just I almost can't even fathom it you know I'm glad like just from me sometimes I'm not as worried about something like the Mandalorian grabbing everybody um I can well, say that, this. You don't work for Disney. That's not really your <laughs> No, I'm a fan, you know? Yeah. Season two is probably my favorite, but this season, I can say this season had the moment I laughed the hardest and also had the moment I felt like darkness and like despair the hardest. Uh, so, and I think some had had some of the best action sequences. So I think it's going to be one of those weird ways. Like we're, I'm telling you this, like for me, it's it's such a complex and conflicting season because I had such a good time along the ride. And I, I just feel like it's going to be the one that I pull from the most. It has a lot it's loaded. And I feel like it, um, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to get better. It's going to age better than um, other uh, things have. So um that's my hope anyway and and i think we're going to look back on this season differently based on the other things that come after it because this is a pivotal Mm -hmm. moment for not just the mandalorian but also of course the other stuff that we're going to be getting into um but the whole the whole movie thing now has me so twisted up because i just figured oh amanda's gonna end and grogu's gonna go on but now like mandalorian the show can end and it's not going to have an ending because the movie's probably going to be where it all ends like they're not going to go show movie back to the mandalorian right like the like the movie just happens to take place at one point and they do a a fifth season or whatever yeah so if din jaren's going out he's going out in the movie if bokatan's going out she's going out in the movie is ahsoka like that movie's going to have like a lot at stake because a lot of these people aren't around during the uh war against the first order I know you also have 30 years. Yeah. And I know people could be doing different things also and that sort of stuff, but this really just feels like they're going to use this time to tell this story. Uh, So all these characters, it seems interesting too, to have Dave Filoni sort of write that 
and put that whole thing together, that movie, he's like currently working on it now, but he also doesn't know if they're going to do Ahsoka season two. He also doesn't know if they're going to do Skeleton Crew season two. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. those shows could be big hits or they could be like Book of Boba Fett where people like aren't feeling them surprisingly, you know, or whatever. And then it just didn't. And they're like, oh, you know, or Rangers of the New Republic, like something happens. And then it's like, OK, well, I can't incorporate that. So what is he doing right now when he's writing that story? Because it probably involves like, you know, certain aspects of where he thinks it's going to go. Uh-huh. But then if uh-huh. audiences don't respond to these shows or they do you know and then they're like oh well we can't do that movie until we do ahsoka season three because money 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 you know the other thing i worry (laughs) is does the movie impact the story in the way they were going to tell it john will be back (laughs) is is the story changing at all because of you know how the story is going right now currently you're muted james Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I also said bye, John. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mean the story of the movie? Yeah, and of course, exactly. Cats are now cause... deciding to argue and fight together. Because <laughs> that's this that's just... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying is like I don't know exactly how I would be working on a movie right now, other than well, I know that I want Ahsoka to die there, or I know that I want the Mandalorian to um give grogu that 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 thing that makes him official or what you know what right, i mean i right. want those moments there but literally like everything else like all the the details and stuff it's like you wouldn't be able to work on them until you know until someone finally says okay we're not going to do ahsoka season 3 it's going to be season 2 and then this it's going to be skeleton crew season 2 and then that and it's going to be Mandalorian season five and then that, you know, or whatever. And then, you know what I mean? Someone's going right. to put that line down and then they're just, they're going to write up to that point and then they'll know what they're doing. And then they can finally fill in the details and final, finalize that movie two years after they finish working on those shows. Right. <laughs> which is crazy, which makes me then think, if you're looking at that timeline of 25, 27 and, and further back, then um, at that point, it makes me wonder how many of these shows are only going up to 25 and 26. Because if Filoni's movie is the 27. Yeah, I don't then... really know. I My big concern is always at the story. How is the story changing? And I know that we've heard rumblings about how Book of Boba Fett changed because people higher up made choices about Grogu coming back earlier than not in the story. Right. You know, we're hearing these these interview comments from Katie Sackoff about how the story's changed. We're hearing from Tim Morrison, uh, Tamara Morrison about how he was supposed to come back this season and no one ever called him. I just have this worry that as soon as it gets too many hands in the pot, too many people involved, that the story goes in a way that they can't control because there's too many people factoring in um going off of what you were saying james i'm excited that it's only dave filoni but i also know from what they said about dave filoni at celebration is that he's not the person to say no he's the person to say okay let's see if your idea can how it can work and i'm just worried that like is the story going to get too crazy because Mm -hmm. i think that's something that also suffered with the sequel trilogy that we've heard a couple times is 
too many people got involved, especially with the rise of Skywalker and too many changes were being made like daily that I just wanted to be a good story. That's my hope. There's, mm. there's a, you know, always that overarching thing. And we, you know, joked about it before about, you know, well, Disney uh, certainly cares about blank and usually it's that bottom line. And, you know, the reports are consistently out there that, you know, Disney plus definitely lost a lot of subscribers and I'll, as did many streaming platforms where in post pandemic yeah. people are back out and about, and that's going to happen. Um, but you can totally see that maybe Disney is looking a bit further over the shoulders of the creation of these shows and saying like, all right, well, this Boba Fett thing, you know, it was mixed reviews, didn't, you know, have a, the best viewership. Uh, how about instead of bringing that guy back into this show, you bring in someone from one of our next shows and then you get, you know, Kale Organa, the salad pirate, uh, Gorian Shard uh, for Skeleton Crew or whatever. And maybe those are the types of changes that are made. I, I, I don't know. Or it could be just financial. I don't know how, like, how that works with Tamara Morrison, his actor fees versus, you know, you know, bringing Lizzo in and, and, you know, paying her minimal. I don't I have no idea, you know, but I, it's, it's certainly possible that that's stuff that happens. I'd like to think that John Favreau has autonomy to tell the stories he wants, but at the end of the day, you know, he's working for a major studio. Yeah. He does who, answer to people who is owned by the biggest media corporation <laughs> in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's surprising to, to me that it almost feels like, John Favreau answers to that media conglomerate more than Tony Gilroy does. Like just the news around Andor and everything. Tony's like, yeah, I have a story in mind and that's exactly what we're doing. I <laughs> that, don't think I mean, that Tony has the pressure that the Mandalorian has because of I, Grogu I mean, and fair. baby Yoda and the just impact it had on pop culture. I think Disney just knows like there's so much money writing on this thing. Yeah, toys merchandise all this other stuff like it has to be handled well whereas i don't think andor is making a ton of money from merchandising yeah i think andor is sort of like we can take a step back here from um popularity and viewership to get some sort of acclaim and sort of uh, accreditation award consideration you know this is cinema this isn't you know this is a film not a movie type of thing and maybe get more yeah uh prestige credit that way but I don't know. Um, I guess it's just interesting because wouldn't you, I mean, I don't know. I guess like, wouldn't you just think the Mandalorian would also just be awesome if it just was my, good if like that, but, but, too? but, but like, when it comes down to it, but we'll, we'll may never find out unless someone writes a book in 20 years about <laughs> all this, but mm -hmm. I can't see Favreau who always wanted to do a Boba Fett story cutting Boba Fett from season three, if that was his plan. So someone else made the decision if I'm using common sense. Yeah. And it probably comes back <laughs> on the fact that they can just look at numbers and go book of Boba Fett, not as hot as you promised or, it would be. Yeah. It could be anything. It could be Tamara Morrison ruffled feathers with things he said, and they didn't want to bring him back. They didn't want to pay him his fee. They didn't want to pay to fly him out for a one day. There could be a lot of things. You know, your budget for this episode is blank. Do you want to spend this percentage on it to fly that guy out here? Have him in there for uh, 30 mm -hmm. seconds of uh, footage, screen time? And they're probably like, oh, God, all right. You know, it's brutal. Um, 
But uh, Lisa, do we have uh, super chats, right? We do. So first up is David Ford. Thank you so much for the super chat. He said, stop arguing about cameos. We're not arguing. We're discussing, David. Uh, And using flamethrowers on each other during fights over whose barbecue is authentic. Gideon's is the true BBQ of Mandalore. I could go for some barbecue right now. Not of Gideon, but like just barbecue (laughs) in general. Like ribs and pulled pork. (laughs) Did you guys, by chance, speaking of that, did you happen to see there was a a photo going around of a a little hieroglyphic from Rebels that shows the character doing the thing and then like a little baby or like a a childlike Yoda in front of him? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. If if anybody wants to just like get on Twitter or something like that, I, I looked at those and I'm like, that's interesting. I don't know if it's intentional, but if it's not, it's something that Dave Filoni would be the kind of guy who would look at and go, sure, I'll retroactively make that <sighs> my intention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fresh out of tinfoil. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Matt, for the super chat. Oh, wow, uh, this is actually Matt's first super chat ever on the show. So thank you, Matt. We really appreciate it. You picked a good thank episode. Thank you, Matt. Or, or recap. He said, do you think we'll see an older bounty hunter grown up Grogu in season four? Can't be a baby forever, LOL. Thank you, TRB. I truly enjoy what you three do. Go Yanks. Yes. Go Yanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, oh Matt. My gosh. No, I don't think we're going to see a grown-up Grogu yet. I think Not they yet. they got they got some time. They can do like little kid Grogu. They can do teenage Grogu. Yeah, yeah, and That'd I think like time jump. I'm looking at Groot. They've milked Groot for every age at this at adult, this like full-grown Grogu. You know, maybe around that Ray movie. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, about, that's about as big as he ever gets, but he's still like small, obviously he's yoda sized i think that like it's kind of surprising it's one of those things i almost wish somebody would do it like put the lineup of like this is grogu in every episode and you can just sort of look at that timeline and go oh my gosh i didn't think he changed at all and he totally has changed yeah a lot he's grown up in the show um so i think it's one of those things where if they were going to do season four and uh, Grogu is still in it. I think he's going to still look the same, but they'll age him up ever so slightly, just yeah. like how they have been doing for the past three seasons. They definitely have, because if you look at him from season one to now, he does look a little older. Yeah. Yeah. And those I mean, he's like smaller and smaller. That that first episode, even like just just past that, it's like he looks so much like a baby in that very first episode. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt, thank you so much. We really yes. appreciate your Thanks, super chat. Man. Thanks, David. Too. Uh, and David too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, any other aspects of uh season three you wanted to uh talk about that maybe we didn't address yet or uh the, the Ancelans a lot the puppeteering the, <laughs> the puppeteers and the creatures that were just so I feel like we got more creatures in the season of Mandalorian than we have in any live action show. Like from the Navarro yeah. kind of town to, I, I don't know. I just, I loved it. And I love, especially with Ian Sellens, they brought back Shirley Henderson. I love how they had those people puppeteering the different ones. And they probably used the same mold as Rise of Skywalker. Um, I just liked how they've continually made these connections to the sequel trilogy that are explaining things that maybe aren't clear yet. Yeah. And it's 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 also just fun. It's like mm-hmm. 
it made me think of like being a kid and watching like Fraggle Rock where they labyrinth, they're in, yeah. They're in the human world and then they go into that little mouse hole and all of a sudden it's this whole puppet city. And that's like that's the Mandalorian giving us like a time out. Let let's have some fun for a few minutes and we'll take you back to our regularly scheduled program. I love it. What I would give to get to sit in that little set. That little oh, I know. set that he sits in. That like yes. There were some of the, like you said earlier, John, there were some of the funniest moments in the Mandalorian this season oh, from the no, so no, yeah. yes, no, to that scene where he's sitting there and Carl Weathers is going through the door being like, they said this. And he's like looking at him like, I know what they said. <laughs> funniest, if not one of the funniest scenes in Star Wars in general, like those moments are what I love about Star Wars the most, like the weird creature stuff, because like you just said, John, that's the stuff that I got into when I was little that I'm still it's into fun. as a grown adult. Of yeah. just wild things that I could never imagine and with worlds and creatures and all these things that have their own personalities and mm -hmm. languages and it's what makes Star Wars Star Wars to me yeah. beyond the lightsabers and the fighting and the wars like yeah. those little moments I think um, that I, I think that's why yeah. I liked Gorian Shard so much is me too he had that he had that <laughs> I um... didn't like him everyone loved that guy I, oh, I like love it, it. I see, felt like that... he was like that's the closest like a, to the labyrinth I thought that we got. No, absolutely not. I think he was very value brand uh, Davy Jones from Lions of the Caribbean. Uh, <laughs> like store man. brand. Davy Jones, how did me, though, is like CG uh, at its best, and this was uh, puppeteering at its best. Like, yeah. Gorian this Shard was more of a Little Shop of Horrors or something. Gorian was yeah. definitely CG. No, I think it was a puppet. Yeah, it's a puppet. Are we sure? Are we yeah. sure about that? I mean yeah. that's that's if if there's CG on him like his eyes or something then then you know there's that but I think like in I general, like that, that was, what was exciting what, about uh, him what ILM and the creature team will love is that we aren't sure which means they did a yeah. good job yeah yeah well, and then well to turn that around too like the very next episode we got that like crazy robot thing yeah from, oh know, yes too. Yeah. And it's like that thing was really cool too. And it had like uh again, like to bring up like Halo, it kind of reminded me of some of the the mechanical uh sort of species and stuff that happens in Halo um as well. So I was like, man, that thing is just straight sci-fi. That 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 thing was really cool too. Um yeah. in a dark and scary kind of way, almost almost reminiscent of like the spiders from you know the earlier seasons. Um which is interesting because I think that was also episode two, right? From yeah, yeah, and that that was old Macquarie art. I don't know about this season, right. but it's it's cool that they go back to that stuff that was designed for like you know Empire Strikes Back, and all of a sudden you see uh, mm -hmm. Carson Tava entangled with these spiders. You know, it's so cool. Um, but yeah, this I think this season did lay a bunch of groundwork. I think that maybe the biggest one that seems obvious is the Adelphi Rangers. Uh, now they have their watering hole that's sort of like their headquarters and uh, you got Carson Tava leading the charge and the other pilots and you got Zeb there. So I think, you know, that whole range of the new Republic thing um, could certainly still become something. Um, but I think we'll see all them fully realized in that movie as well. So they'll have that. So the sky battle covered at the end of the movie, someone else will have the one-to-one -one battle Mando versus Thrawn or whatever. And then there'll be the ground battle and they're laying all that with the Mandalorians. So they're laying all that groundwork now and it's going to be in that big, awesome movie. Um, so I, I think that's why I really do think season three, eventually as more stuff comes out, 
will be looked at more favorably. Um, not to say that it wasn't. I've loved it. You know, I give a couple of episodes with nine plus the last two. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, and then I know we have another super chat before we uh, give maybe some final thoughts. Yeah. So Jake Houchins. Thank up, you Jake? so much, Jake. How's it going? Yeah, uh, he thanks, says Jake. he's out of, first of all, this is his first super chat ever. So thank you for giving thanks, us a buddy. super chat. He yes, said, I am out watching Appreciate hockey, you. but just wanted to stop by and say thanks for the awesome content. And this is the way. Thanks, this is dude. the way. Thank you. This Enjoy the game. The I am going to miss the armorer. And all yeah. her suspicious activity that I still strongly believe that she's oh, up to something. Still, I'm done. I I, I felt I felt like I felt so bad that I fell. I'm really good at holding a grudge, and there's yeah. something about her. <laughs> when I think it's her voice, I think it's the way she talks. <laughs> she does um, have a talk, she, like a certain vibe, if you will, that people joke when, that I do get impression, but it's literally the same tone for everything yeah. that she says. Yeah. When and we were started this one episode, day, it was like extra good. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not sick anymore. Which, again, I said I'm sick because we were with Alex Damon, Star Wars Explained, and he was like, this is a great episode. I was like, yeah, I'm funnier when I'm sick because I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, yeah, I barely remember doing that. I was... <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> when we started this episode, I was thinking, well, this is the season, you know, I said when all the Mandalorians are united. And then I almost said bye, Din Djarin. I was like, well, it was kind of more Bo-Katan. Is actually mostly the armor. <laughs> like, yeah. like who's the person who really united all of the Mandalorian people? It, in a way, like it was s- sort of mandated by the armor. She sort of like looked at everybody sitting in the room where I'm, she's like, I'm going to use you. I'm going to yeah. use you. But also, and Grogu uh, getting Paz and Axe to stop fighting. That's a big, yeah, that's a big point too. Like, yeah. I, I really, I think, and, and I, I hate going on the record for things, but I think chapter 23 <laughs> might be my new favorite episode. I think it beat season two, episode one. Dude, Which, I, hard what to... chapter is that? Can you tell me? I, I'm the one, it's we, the saw one we watched live at, oh, at yeah. celebration. But I just think like I was coming out of that and I was like, you guys don't even know. It was like five set pieces. Like you think back at that episode, you're like, that's the one where all the huge ships were coming over the sand dunes and stuff, you know? And, and Oh, there's just so so many great things about that episode that I was like, I can't believe all this is happening. And to end with the Paz Vizsla stuff, which has been sort of like a personal favorite character of mine in the show, just just because of the way he looks and the way mm-hmm. I don't know, he was just such a cool character. And to like give him that moment at the end, I was just like, this episode was incredible. Well, that's yeah. one of the best things about Star Wars characters is that you don't have to explain why it's your favorite. It could just be your favorite. It's yeah, just, hey, yeah. I like how this looks. I like how this sounds. I like how cool this was. That's yeah. why I like it. People love the the Lando's limo driver in Rise of Skywalker because it reminded them of a Muppet. You know, it's it. That's all you <laughs> what need. What was his name? Time. His name was like Kai Kai Kaio Kalani Kalani K A O L E L. And I was just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, but we yeah, okay. Um, oh god! So he, he reminds walk- me of Beaker. Is the big one? Yeah, because it has yeah. that, shape that head, head shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. and the, like the mouth, the way it moved down. I think it's a woman, by the way. Yeah. Oh. Um. I think uh, that's my schmodown studying for you. Coming two years later. <laughs> I walked out of that viewing of Chapter Twenty Three at Celebration, like thinking, like, 
oh man people are gonna lose their mind over this episode online people everyone's gonna love it but then i remembered i felt that way when i walked out of the last jedi and i felt that <laughs> way when i walked did. out of the rise yeah. of skywalker he said that to me when he walked out of the theater and i went like this I was like, thank God people aren't going to be brawling over this movie. And, and they was, still did. So at least I think I was more right this time ben finally Solo's than most dead. people did like that episode. So. <laughs> um, but I, I really enjoyed season three. So I, I think this was a nice little sort of fun recap, checking in on what those actors thought and what could have been. Uh, but anything else before we uh, get out of here? Should I try to do one more impression? Yeah, go for it. What should I say? I need a I need a phrase. Uh, your your uh oh your 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 pepperoni. Hold on, your pepperoni no, pizza wanna, hot pockets are cold. That's such a. I meant like a normal thing that she says, so I can hear the tone of my head. Well, who, like, they have to eat at some point. I'm sure they're on the quick on the go. They got a micro. They don't have the forge instead of the microwave. Wait, what? Did you, <laughs> pepperoni pizza is now cold. Your pepperoni pizza hot pockets <laughs> are now cold. Your pepperoni pizza hot pockets are now cold. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> now, when we get her on the show, not cold hot have pockets. Her do that line. Who your impression? We'll her, yeah, we'll have to have her mouth. do that line. This is the way. Yeah. <laughs> and Greg Grumberg, let us know what JJ said, please. If you Did, are you are you plugging your nose? When no, you're I'm just doing going it? like this. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were doing like. It was like, are you plugging? This your is nose? the way. No, I'm 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 not putting them in. I'm pushing out the sides. Round you of applause. Are a Mandalorian, job, no more. Good job. Thank you. Uh, James, any impressions or anything else before we get out of here? <laughs> No impressions. I think I. I think I. <laughs> James is like, I did I the thing voices. that you did, John, talking about like walking out of the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, because I got online and I was like, best season of Mandalorian yet, and the only like I did not get one agreeable comment. Every single one of them was like no or like worst one yet, and all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. So I guess people aren't reacting to it the the same way I did. And then I I looked at the numbers and I uh, you know using IMDb which is not the best but you know I just was like this is just a general comparison and I looked at it and I was like yeah season three definitely has the lowest numbers it, even when you like look at episode to episode like it just didn't stack up as far as that goes um, yeah. so there was that but I I I don't know I kind of like season three like I I had a good time with it and I thought like yeah it it started mid it didn't start like big but it started mid and i felt like throughout the season it just grew and escalated um other than a couple random episodes that kind of were like you know like uh, there was a lot of pershing in that one episode and i'm like okay you know it's fine mm -hmm. but uh it almost feels like you know people were saying oh the mandalorian shows up and takes over book of boba fett's show and i'm like what a Pershing like has an entire episode where he's just like doing this stuff and it almost doesn't have anything to do with the Mandalorian. Yeah. But... Yeah. Nobody said anything about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, reminded me. he's like not even in it the whole episode. And then yeah. I know this is one of those things that you had brought up earlier, James. I feel like that episode was obviously building to the clones at the end, but also later to something else. But to me, that's why I was so nervous about the mind flare in the last episode because I was like, there has to be a reason they brought this in now, and there really wasn't currently. Yeah, I, like I don't think obviously 
none of these episodes are filler, but I, I also oh, don't really know. I also you are a Star Wars fan. <laughs> no more. No more. I don't think any of these episodes are canceled, dude. Not the thing. But what I will say is I think that they are supposed to just be enjoyed for what they are, and they don't always necessarily have to like have payoff. Like I think some of these are just like you're just supposed to enjoy the Mandalorian taking the frog lady to see her husband. And it's like, I, I don't think that I don't think frog husband and frog lady are coming back for the movie, you know? Yeah. They did have frog people mm. at the table with Jack Black though. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and I get that. I'm just, sometimes I, I kind of look at, I'm looking at all of the episodes and I'm like, well, that episode sort of gave us something towards the end, but at the end, like, you know, it was just kind of a, fun episode that moved us from here to you there and that's in seasons what you almost just said filler you're like fun oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> um yeah just like it was fun here and there for for these reasons or those reasons uh, but again like I, I think season one season two season three they all sort of had those episodes it's just it's it's when those episodes drop on that week people go online and goes what was the point of that episode you know yeah yeah Yep, yep, yep. Bring back uh, Luke well, Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We will see what happens. Uh Mando season four, maybe two years from now, but uh I don't think we've seen the last of these characters before then anyway. But you have seen the last of the Mando fan show because that takes us to the end of this season and this show. So thanks everybody who has listened, watched, been a part of what we have done this season on the Mando Fan Show. Uh, we really, really appreciate it very much. And we couldn't do it without your support and our support from our patrons as well. Uh, so if you uh, are able to, head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Our tiers start at $5 per month. There's a lot of cool benefits, perks, and rewards on there as our thank you, including additional content, of course. Uh, but I want to do a special shout-out to our generals and spice runners, uh, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Ellington, Diana, Micah Harrison, Chris White, Colin Cormier, Hass Aslam, Ryan Wara, and Jolton Jedi DiMaggio. And Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you all so much. And to oh, everybody, man. for if you whether you just listen, you watch, whatever, however you support and take in TRB, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Um, for me, Johnny Hoey on Twitter, uh, tweeting about the Yankees or Star Wars or other movies, something like that. Uh, and my movie podcast, just like the movies, we got Braveheart coming up next week. Uh, Lacey, how about you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. Um, and you can find me here on the channel in the upcoming week doing videos about visions and other cool, exciting things yeah. um, leading into May 4th. Yep. Yes. I was going to say for me, Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks, but I'm very excited about talking visions uh, next week, it's which will probably so be a TRB good. live thing as it drops. <laughs> so yeah. So we'll, yeah. We'll yeah. Get excited because it, it once stuff. again proves that stuff. there's something for everyone in Star Wars and visions is a prime example of that. Like you can go through mm -hmm. that season and I can think of like certain episodes that people are going to love just based on who they are. I mean, even yeah. the three of us, I'm interested to see what these guys' favorite episodes are because they know mine. So, 
Yeah, I'm watching it probably. I'm going to run through them tomorrow and mm-hmm. then uh, gather my thoughts and we'll talk it talk about it next week. Uh, then we also have the, the pie bet video coming. Uh, and then for patrons, we have other food based videos coming. So check it out. <laughs> but uh, we hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your week and we'll see you Monday morning with another episode right here on the resistance broadcast. See you around kids. <laughs>